0: Day 31. Hello and welcome to the final day, day 31 of Dry Jan Like a Sober Rebel, the Sober Rebel mini series designed to accompany you in dry January or any other time in your sobriety. I hope that the series has given you enough food for thought that it's relevant, whether you've been sober five minutes or five years. I'm Louisa Evans, and I'm a cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist. And I've pulled together lots of different ideas, lots of research, advice from the sober community, and also things I use in my professional life, as well as personal reflection on my sober journey so far. So we're on day 31, the final day of dry January. So what now? What's next? Have you had the opportunity, if this is a break for you, to really reassess your relationship with alcohol? And having listened to this series, have you challenged some of those beliefs you held about alcohol being needed to have fun, to go out, to celebrate, to commiserate, that it helps you sleep, that it helps you relax, that it helps you cope with difficult emotions? I'd like to think that in some way, those have been challenged and you may be sat here now thinking maybe I'll continue this on for a while, maybe to 90 days, maybe for the next year. If you've noticed all these changes in 30 days, what could you notice if you did it for a year? Who knows, maybe you'll never want to touch alcohol again. And so for this final episode, I want to hand it over to some Sober Rebel guests. In my regular Sober Rebel podcast, I talk to people about the three benefits they each notice in their sobriety. Over the last few months, I've spoken to some amazing people about their sobriety and how it's changed their life. So I thought it would be a lovely idea to end the series on a high and to share some highlights from those episodes. To start with, let's hear from Jason.
1: All the things that all the mistakes I've made have all taught me lessons, but I never listened to the lessons when I was drinking. Whereas now I'm completely sober. I can actually grow. Now I can actually believe. I can't even imagine or think about the person that was sat in that car park crying, pretending to go to work for a month. That's a million. Miles. It's not even the same human being as the person that's sat here now. And I mean, financially, I'm in a way worse position than I was then. I'm having to start everything all over again. And I'm actually happy. Yeah. I'm actually confident. I'm looking forward to everything. I'm not looking back. I've got no regrets about anything that's happened since getting to this point. Because I know that without all of that, I wouldn't have the prospective future that I've got ahead of me. And it's having that confidence that comes from not drinking, being able to face and deal with anything. Because any decision I make now is a completely sober decision. I'm not making drunk decisions. It's I'm consciously thinking about what the impact is, what the effects can be, what the outcome can be. And then I'll still go ahead and do it anyway because I believe in myself to do it. Whereas beforehand, I have never thought things through because I was always drunk. And, and it's just, it's an amazing feeling, but it's not a feeling you have when you drink.
0: And now Duncan.
1: When we were
2: in drink, we didn't see what life outside a drink was like. All we had was everything was sold by marketing, by media, by culture. So we do not see the amazingness of not drinking. We just are told that it would be shit. But now that we're in it, now we see both sides. Do you know why are we not told how fabulous sober life is? Maybe we are and we just don't have ears to listen lies that we've been sold that would have us tied into fear. Oh, you aren't funny, sober. You can't dance, sober. You can't socialise, sober. You aren't courageous enough, sober. You know, you're just boring, sober. That's what all the media tells us all the time. And it's just not true. In fact, not only is it not true, it's the opposite of truth. Because in actual fact, I'm funnier. I dance better. I'm more interesting. I'm everything more sober. Everything. What a surprise. Who knew?
0: Were you scared of
2: stopping drinking? Terrified. Yes. I, I, I was. couldn't imagine it. We all know if you face fears in all the movies, you know, you, the weakling stands up to the bully in the playground, you know, faces his fears. It, it never goes badly. We might get punched. But the end result is it goes well. Facing your fears isn't a bad thing.
0: And now let's hear from the lovely Lindsay. So what was your drinking like then? Were you like a weekend drinker? Yes,
3: an absolute, like a a grey area drinker. And that was a term I learned after I got sober. I wasn't physically dependent on it, but I genuinely believed that everything was better if alcohol was involved. Perhaps I'll just have a break from it. Perhaps 100 days. That was my initial target, was 100 days. And even then that was a bit frightening. But then the more I started reading and learning and I was thinking i will be really stupid if I go back to it now, but how do I do life never drinking again? I was looking months and years down the line and, and it was frightening me. You know, I'm, I'm going to be on my own. Nobody's going to want to be my friend. And, you know, and no one's ever going to ask me to go out again. But I do truly believe that you've just got to take it one day at a time. You can't think about two weeks or two months or two years ahead, you've just got to do it a little bit at a time. Because I I promise, like now, I don't worry about the future and not drinking. It's not something that is even in my mind now about, oh my gosh, how am I going to get... I've done most things now sober. And I can't honestly say there's anything that I've thought, oh, that'd have been better if I was drunk. I don't think there's anything that I've thought that about.
0: And the lovely Leah.
4: The most important thing for me um, and the thing that I have found the most life-changing about sobriety was falling in love with myself. And... (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. I'm sure to a lot of people that sounds really cringy. The majority of my drinking was to build my self-confidence, to build my self-esteem. And drunk Leah... Took on her own personality, and she was like a separate entity to me. That was the person that, that I seemed to show to everybody, and the person that I was at home. Um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get really emotional. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. She's I. She um, was like an
0: alter ego.
4: Yeah, I think it, she was. Um, she was covering up all of the dark and twisty parts of me, and I was really, really lonely. And I didn't like myself. I didn't like being on my own. There's so much different about me now. I said recently that my life now doesn't resemble anything of my old life. And that's the most fucking marvellous thing. (laughs) And so I'm genuinely so happy that my life today, it's not even recognisable.
0: And now let's hear from Jodie.
5: My drinking was what I would class as very normal at the time. I would drink generally three or four times a week out of the seven and probably tell people I just drank at weekends. We'd go to the pub, um, we'd have a few beers, but then I would always have a bottle of wine waiting for me at home. It was a whole culmination of a whole load of crap that was going on at that time, work, personal life, COVID, two and a half year old at home, all that sort of stuff. And then it just gradually got worse and worse and worse and worse. I got bigger and bigger and bigger. The drinking became more and more regular. I was ended up taking medication for anxiety and that with the drink didn't work very well as as it's not never going to. And I just, yeah, I just got to this point on the 1st of January, 2021, I think it was. And I was like, I saw that 16 stone on the scales and I was like, that, that's me done now. I'm five foot four, I'm very little. 16 stone is, is, is hefty for me. I've never been this heavy and I, I will never see this number again. But the levels of anxiety I used to get where I used to try and self-medicate every single day, it's just gone. It's just absolutely, it's like somebody has just rubbed out of that part of me. You don't, you, you don't get that anymore. And it is not because I'm fitter and I'm healthier because that didn't come until further down the line. This was instant. This was instantaneous. This is, I'm talking two to three weeks after stopping drinking. That just stopped for me.
0: Let's hear from Austin.
6: Life just gets so much easier. Like I was making my life so hard. I had a friend once who said that he was talking about the chaos of work or something. And he said it was like having a fire extinguisher in one hand and a flamethrower in the other, and you're just spinning in circles. That is totally what my life in addiction was like, just like starting fires and putting them out. Yeah. And it's doing it all myself. So in sobriety, I stopped setting fires. I do set them occasionally. Like it is still in my nature to every once in a while, start a small little fire burning. But I, I don't have to set fires. And if I don't, There's this ease in life that comes in sobriety that I did not expect.
0: And we're building the best versions of ourselves. It's almost like somebody's giving us, or we're giving ourselves, actually. Let's not give anybody else any credit. (laughs) We're actually doing it for ourselves. We're saying, right, how can I be the best version of myself? Because people are going to be listening to this and they're the start or in early days. What piece of advice would you give to them about early sobriety?
6: I would say I believed early in sobriety that it was, that sobriety was a punishment there was a punishment for not living my life appropriately that i couldn't figure out how to drink and so the punishment for that was sobriety and that has been the furthest thing from the truth i live a life that i never could have imagined and that to me is so amazing
0: and from lucy
7: that should have been one of the things I mentioned, actually, time. You have so much time, don't you? Like time to invest in yourself and in turn you're better with everybody else and you're better at work and you're a better parent. I'm preaching to the converter with you, but anyone who listens to this, they've got to see enough of us to believe that there's something in this.
0: Do you know what? If it is a midlife crisis, I'm perfectly happy with that.
7: Bring it on. Ex- Absolutely. Of all the midlife
0: crises to have, I think quitting drinking is one of the best.
7: One of the things that I read was that not drinking is a superpower. And obviously at that point you think that's a bit naff and I sort of rolled my eyes at that. And then I thought about it and I thought, I don't know if you've ever seen the sort of vampire kind of movies like yeah. Twilight and things like that. And when she becomes a vampire, she's got this like amazing vision and sight and strength. I think it is a bit like a superpower because you've got all this sort of capability and motivation and clear vision and clear thinking that does give you an advantage. We have this clarity and you go into sort of meetings at work feeling motivated, you think, I'm going to smash through this day, I'm going to tick everything off my list and I'm motivated to do it as opposed to the old days, which was, I'm going to get through this day and I will do all this, but it's going to be tough, it's going to be hard work and it'll be fine because I'll get back to five o'clock and I'll be able to have my glass of wine and relax. Yeah. So so it does feel like a, a superpower to me.
0: Now I haven't had time to fit everybody into this episode, so if you'd like to listen to the full episodes, please do look out for the regular Sober Rebel podcast, you'll be able to easily spot it, because the artwork is yellow and red, and it stands out, and you can subscribe to be notified of upcoming episodes that come out one a fortnight. I think it's important, because sobriety isn't the easiest thing to do, but it does make life a lot easier to keep in mind those benefits that you're getting and that will help you through any rough times. And so I hope you'll continue listening to the normal Sober Rebel series and that you've really enjoyed this series and that it's helped you in some way. If you'd like to find out more about my own sober journey, then you can head to louisaevans.com where you'll find links to my audiobook on Audible becoming a sober rebel. And you'll also find a range of hypnosis and meditation downloads where you can buy one, get one free using the code sober rebel, all one word. You'll find the links in the show notes. It has been an absolute pleasure to accompany you on this month. And however that month has looked for you or whatever your plans for the future, I hope you'll join me in being a sober rebel and listening to some more podcasts. Take care.